0: I see a thing behind the wall. I'm so afraid it's going to
1: fall. It's scaring is
2: sharing. Scaring
0: is sharing. It's scaring is sharing. It's
2: scaring is sharing. It's time again for Scaring is Sharing. You got it. It's that podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. Hell yeah. Heck, motherfucking yeah. And I'm here today with the ever so fantastic Jeremy the Original Sasquatch Slim Russ.
1: And I am here, you know, locked and loaded, ready to rock and roll with Brandy Joe Planbeck, the flaming Scream Queen himself. Hello. Let's do it.
2: Yes, and if you've never listened before, Jeremy and I love horror movies. And we love talking about them. We love watching them. And uh, this first part of the episode, we talk about things that we've heard or the shared things we've watched. And then on a general episode, we will share a movie with the other person they've not seen before, come back and talk about them. But this episode, like some of our episodes, we both went and saw a brand new movie that neither of us have seen before. Hell yeah, we did. Yeah. Which is, you know, now that... Movies and the cinema—it's all back to normal. Well, back to yeah, close to normal.
1: It feels like the like movies going to the movies does really feel like it's starting to ramp back up to pre-pandemic like sort of culture again. I feel like yeah, not but it's quite, weird. But... We
2: were there today on a Thursday and the theater was just dead. I'm like, there's new releases coming out tonight. Like, I know. What the fuck?
1: That's what I mean. Not quite back to normal because I feel like the missing component is the fucking audience not going to the theater, but uh, the movies are, they're back to like putting movies in theater, they're not just sending stuff straight to streaming as much anymore, and uh, yeah it really start—it's starting to feel more like the old days again, where you're just, I can't keep up on everything that's coming out.
2: I know, but sometimes it's like, maybe this should have just gone to streaming, you know? Maybe, who knows, but
1: (laughs) I don't know, I'm not ready to give it up I love going to the movies, so I, I want there to be some kind of culture around that
2: I love both. Okay? I love yeah. movie yeah, culture absolutely. on both sides. Like I love being able to stream something at my house like as soon as it's come out or shortly thereafter. I love just like especially if it's like, you know, just something my husband doesn't want to watch or maybe he does, but like I like when I'm at home, I can be in bed at night by myself and I can just watch some weird straight to streaming horror film. Yeah. Like, I can awesome. dig that. And I like the things that come out streaming and the theater. So it's like, hey, whatever world you want, you got it.
1: Yeah, there's certain things, too, that feel like have to be watched. Like, at home, alone, like the dirty pervert you are, not in a movie theater
2: with
1: <laughs> a bunch of other people. So,
2: <laughs> Like the dirty old perv that you are. Exactly. But yeah, sometimes it's nice to just... You know what? I got some popcorn we, when we went to see Godzilla. Um minus one minus color. I they gave like mistakenly gave us two popcorns. I don't usually eat popcorn, but I had mm. it and it was fucking good.
1: Oh he, yes, it's good. I love. I popcorn, just
2: don't so. normally like. I really for a while, especially when I was like hardcore into eating healthy, I would only have a soda at the movies and nowhere else. And now I have like Soda Stream at home, and now they have a Diet Pepsi Soda Stream syrup. So like I mm-hmm. have. Soda really more often than I used to, and now when I go to the movies, I'll I like to bring I like to have Whoppers. I yeah. love Whoppers, but they don't normally have them because it seems to be like an old man candy. So mm-hmm. I'll just bring it in myself. But I love Whoppers. I love I love a candy I can suck on. Yeah, malt ball. Yeah, yeah, not like yeah. a Werther's Originals, not like that kind of. But I like no, something no, no. to suck on and like melts in my mouth. Yeah,
1: Whoppers are great. Love Whoppers. Love milk. Oh, yeah. See no. No, no milk duds.
2: <laughs> Just all that caramel. That oh, chew- okay. I don't know. But see, I love a Starburst, but a Starburst doesn't get all like entangled all over in your mouth like a cobweb.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Like a caramel web. That's right. But yeah, I love going to the movies. I love going to the movies with you. The mm. worst part is us not being able to talk about the movie right after.
1: Right after, because we're like, <laughs> save it for the podcast.
2: <laughs> um, Jeremy, do you know yeah. the most exciting news this week? In my opinion.
1: Uh in your opinion, I don't know. There's a I got a whole bunch of stuff to drop that I saw this
2: week. So well, I'm excited that Late Night with the Devil finally has a release date. Oh God, yeah, that looks amazing. It's like in March, and there's a new a trailer that dropped like today that I've not watched, but from the podcast Matt said it looked fucking awesome. So I've,
1: I've watched the teaser though, and it looks so cool. Um I'm really excited that we get David Desmelchin in a lead role in this. He's become a he's an up-and-coming like favorite actor of mine right now.
2: What's he um, from?
1: He, uh you've probably seen him forever uh, as a character actor. Um he was in the dark night. Uh that's like the first time I remember distinctly like who is that guy? Like just as, you know, he's a goon for the Joker uh in The Dark Knight, but he has a very memorable scene in the movie. Uh, and then ever since then, I've been watching him. He was in Dune uh, recently. He's in... Um, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. He was in Last Voyage of the Demeter recently, like one of the great parts of that movie, That even though it was, that was a so-so movie. But uh, if you look him up, you'll know him.
2: And I think they're re-releasing Dune, like the 21 version. Like yeah. part one, they're re-releasing that in theaters.
1: Are they right before two? Like, comes out? yeah, like cool. it's called
2: like Remastered or something. I just saw that mm-hmm. today. I also know I didn't they're, see D- it. I don't know that I want to see it. They're also putting
1: out the uh 84 one again in theaters, David. Lynch's, okay, uh, which I'm a Dune fan. Um, I know it's a lot headier science fiction than many yeah. people I know are like able to handle. Uh, yeah. and you know what? That's to each their own. Uh, yeah, but totally. I- I love the weirdness of Dune, so and I love all the versions too, I am an unabashed fan of David Lynch's 80s uh, movie version, even though a lot of people, you know, that's one of those movies that's very divisive where people are either like, I think it's a misunderstood piece of, you know, cinema, or is it like a so bad it's good kind of thing, but.
2: Yeah, I watched it with a boy I had a crush on, and I didn't enjoy that experience. It's it's strange, so. Yeah.
1: (laughs) To say the least.
2: But he got me into Natalie Merchant, so oh, I'll take okay. that win.
1: There you go. That's so, a win, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but he couldn't get me into David Lynch. Well, not into Dune. Like, I like some yeah. other Lynch, but...
1: Yeah. Lynch yeah. is, you know, he's hard. That's a tough cookie, yeah. to s- tough cookie to crumble? I don't know, I'm mixing up metaphors here. That's okay, mix <laughs> yeah. them up. Um, what else? You,
2: Give me another shimmer of news. The,
1: the stuff I saw was that things are really getting exciting for franchise horror fans because i feel like various franchises have news coming uh hot and heavy right now uh getting me hot and bothered yeah. uh evil dead there is a new one actively in development um it's a french director i'm unfamiliar with his other work i believe it was a movie called infested or something like that is
2: what they it, said it, it, and you know, the only reason I know about that is that um, my gay horror group, someone posted a picture of him and they're like, um, this guy is directing the next evil dead. I'm in because he is fucking hot.
1: <laughs> oh, is he? He's a French hottie. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the news on that one too, is that they're calling it another spin-off. So I'm assuming they're not continuing any plot lines yet again from like the previous, you know, couple of installments. So it'll probably just be another standalone, uh, from the sound of it. Um, Number two There's news going around in the last few days That there's another Texas Chainsaw Massacre In active development right now Oh boy Uh, That feels a little more like rumor Because it's not coming from official sources It's coming from um, Scoopers if you will on the internet That are saying that they've heard some chatter From legendary studios uh, Or pictures or whatever their name is They still have it Um, It doesn't sound like but but the 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 alleged plot synopsis that's floating around online uh, apparently the title is going to be Texas Chainsaw Legacy um mm. yeah, boring yeah uh, yeah but the plot description is about a like gated community that is terrorized by the uh, cannibal family uh so that sounds could be interesting. no word if it's connected to the Netflix movie that just happened um. But the fact that none of the filmmakers involved with that have said anything, I'm assuming it's probably moved on to another creative team at this point. Okay. Um, and one more thing is Alien uh, officially has a name. Alien Romulus, it's called uh so i'm is it
2: about the little town in michigan right near the airport
1: little town in michigan uh i'm assuming they're going with some sort of roman empire thing uh, since you know romulus and remus from roman mythology are the legendary founders of rome uh so i'm assuming uh that they're going into some sort of mythology thing yet again i feel like they uh Ridley Scott already set the stage with Prometheus by, uh, delving into, like, ancient mythos, so, um, but, you know, look into that, what you will, it's Fede is attached, Fede Alvarez is the director right now, um, I think results may vary depending on how you feel about Fede's work currently, I'm not excited about things that he's attached to anymore, because, uh, I don't think they've been as good as, uh, his early work, so.
2: Yeah. Yeah uh front that's of the podcast. It. okay well that's some news that is yeah. some news and then the alien tv series right it's coming out at some it's point.
1: still in development too so i i and apparently they're not really connected to each other so i'm like i don't know what's going on with alien anymore they're just blowing that up into a whole wide thing i guess
2: and it's like do the people want it i mean yes yeah. people love alien but like the last couple of things i don't think have been hit so it seems a little wild to just like be going yeah. all crazy on like I, let's put our tv show add a new I, movie
1: I wonder if they just got like, uh, because it's, you know, it's still Fox, which is now owned by Disney. Um, I I wonder if they just saw how well Prey did now that they've relaunched the Predator franchise. They're probably like, well, kind of, you know, viewed unofficially as like the, you know, sister franchise is alien to Predator. So I'm assuming they're like, let's let's get alien back out there. So.
2: And that's true. I mean, you can revamp anything as long as you're going to do it good. And that's the thing. Yeah. I think some people do it for the money grab or the people involved are like, no, you need to follow this vision. And the director is like, but that's not my vision. When you have those mm-hmm. clashing things, viewpoints and yep. and whatnot on a film. But I think when it is done well and like with passion and with a good story, like all the intentions are yeah. not only intentions, but well executed bring it on like prey it was just so fucking good
1: yeah no it was genius in its simplicity i think that's what it was that's the thing that keeps me up at night thinking about like okay mr movie guy what would you do uh to you know bring some of these franchises back and i think my main thought is always simplicity in the execution because i think a lot of these reboots and things try to be too clever try to be too mythos expanding i don't know you know they always try to fit in too many easter eggs too much fan service that doesn't necessarily serve the story uh and it's like i feel like they have to just scale it back what made the original hit tap into that and go from there
2: yeah i dig that yeah so former guest friend of the podcast chris had a facebook post yesterday and he said what's your favorite haunted house horror film and why is it the changeling Mm -hmm. to which i replied Actually, it's the others. And he replied, actually, you're wrong. (laughs) And I said, unless you count a mini-series as a movie, in which case it's the haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Um, but that was like where I got going. And then I asked my husband Joe what his favorite haunted house horror film was. And he said, The woman in black, the Mm. one with Daniel Radcliffe. He's not seen there's like a PBS one or something that came out before that that I hear is very good. Sure. But he's only seen the Daniel Radcliffe one. Did you see that? No. You haven't seen the Daniel no, Radcliffe one? No, oh my god, have. well, my husband fucking loves it. I think he listed it as his favorite horror film. Okay. Or something I, when I, we I, were coming up with lists. I've heard good things about it. Yeah, I mean, it is good. Um, But it, like, I, I, I do believe the others. I just think it's so good. I think the acting is so fucking good. And I, like, it w- was such a shock to me at the time, and I think it's so beautifully made and so sad and creepy. Um what is yours?
1: Mine <laughs> Well, the first one that jumped to mine is I'm kind of ex- I'm playing with the parameters here. It's not strictly a haunted house movie. Uh and you're going to you're going to laugh at me, but I would say The Exorcist because it borrows heavily from haunted house films, though it is not truly a haunted house movie itself. Um that's where I would expand it out to, but um Okay. <laughs> Again, I, I keep thinking of alternative examples. Alien, the original, is a haunted house movie. It just happens to be in a spaceship with a creature. Um, it has
2: but all of the I, mechanics mm, of a haunted house movie. Nah, but it's a monster movie.
1: Yeah, see, this is where it <laughs> blurs the line.
2: I sure, think a haunted house is like ghosts. Yeah, pure
1: haunted house movie, my favorite is probably i mean the changeling's very good um man i i mean i am a sucker for the old ones uh vincent price house on haunted hill that original that sticks with me um hmm.
2: and you love the old dark house right
1: and i do like the old dark house the original which is
2: like one of the OG haunted house. Horror yeah. That,
1: that's, Cause it is
2: right. Considered a haunted house horror movie. Yeah. Or a haunted yeah. house, movie. or
1: as they call them old dark house movies.
2: Got it. Y- yeah. Using, like of course, people showing off. up in the dark or yep. a storm or at night to a house that they're unfamiliar with.
1: Yep. To and- a maybe haunted or maybe it isn't, but hijinks is going on. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Probably those old ones, but, um,
2: Because here's the thing. I feel like The Exorcist is like a possession. And I mean, this is, yes, like you said, it's it's all subjective, but it's like it's a possession film. But here's the interesting thing. I think The Conjuring is a haunted house movie that has a possession in it. Actually, there you go. I,
1: why wasn't I even thinking that? The original Conjuring ranks very highly for me for Haunted House movies. Oh yeah, was, I mean, it is so good. It scared the shit out of me, honestly, the first time I saw it in theaters. Uh, as a grown person, it had been a long time before that since a movie had like actively made me afraid. So, like, scared of the dark. Uh, and that movie did it very effectively. But
2: the more so. I'm thinking about it, like, I feel like maybe then The Exorcist does work because there's a scene with Chris McNeil upstairs and the flame gets really large, which is so creepy. There's a yeah. shit flying all around the room like it is a possession movie, but it's not literally just a person possessed. There is the house creepy is shit possessed. happening yeah. in the house.
1: Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. It has the mechanics of a haunted house movie. But
2: I would argue against Alien being considered a haunted house movie. Well, has sure. the thrills of a haunted yes. house movie...
1: That'll accept. I just wanted to throw it out there, but I will accept that. But
2: if you were, like, made a strong case, I would, like, let you have it for yourself, because I'm not going to tell you what, what can yeah. be your favorite haunted house movie.
1: And speaking of The Conjuring, I, I've... It, it's now popped into my head. It's Poltergeist. It's the original Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. That's, I
2: mean, it is so good. Yeah. That's
1: the that's the greatest haunted house movie to me, because...
2: yeah, I do think it's one of the epitomes. I just... There's, like, if I... I feel like if I had to choose between the others, well, I don't know if it's like, in my top, like, if I had to choose, because I'm pretty sure Poltergeist, I can't remember my top ten anymore, but, like, I just don't know between, like, the two, because I know Poltergeist holds that nostalgic feel to me, but I just think The Others is such a good movie and the acting is so good. Not mm-hmm. that the acting isn't good in Poltergeist, but there's not that, like, oh, anyone could have been nominated for an Oscar, where I think Nicole Kidman could have been, was yeah. not, but could have been nominated for The oh, Others. yeah,
1: it's just a different type of picture. It's just different, others, yeah.
2: but one is sort of a popcorn movie, right? Like yep. you're going to sit down and one with that popcorn. it's a
1: prestige picture.
2: Yeah, sit down with your fireplace at night and yep. watch it on your big screen. Yeah,
1: yeah. I and, and I'm sitting here too trying to figure out a way to say that Ghostbusters 2 is a haunted house movie, but that's a that's a haunted museum. A haunted but that's painting the, in a museum.
2: But that's the thing. Like I feel like a haunted house could be like you could consider I think Event Horizon could be like a haunted House movie, even though it's Absolutely. Not a house. That's like a another vessel, one. A haunted vessel. Yeah. Could it, be like in a larger scale, the haunted house. It borrows,
1: it bleeds into the haunted house type of movie, Event Horizon. <laughs> so.
2: It's very complex, but I it, love it. It can that be. Reason.
1: See, I like to jump in here because I feel like I, I can expand our definition for anything if you give me enough uh, uh, time to formulate an argument there
2: yeah, I don't think it has to be a house, necessarily. No, not necessarily,
1: yeah. but if we're going strict, it's a house, it's haunted, poltergeist for me, so.
2: Yeah. All right, well, cool. good game. But yeah, good I want to know what people out there. Yeah, said. people are out your there, favorite? write it, either, best yeah, haunted either house Either argue us or just tell us what yours are. And speaking of, we have a trove. Of pterograms? Oh, my God. So let's fucking get into some of them. You want to kick us off?
1: All right. Yeah, I'll start off uh, with from fiend of the podcast. Ethan. Ethan writes. Yes. Hi, here's a last minute teragram. Jeremy was talking about the Razzies and how they're pretty lame. I then remembered that Pet Cemetery by the Ramones won worst original song. How lame. I think that song rocks. <laughs> Ethan, I agree with you so hard. It's one of my favorite Ramones songs. Pet Cemetery is awesome. Uh, Ethan continues. Now, if you want an even spookier version of it, listen to the cover by The the Tiny. Uh, so I guess that's the name of the group, The Tiny. Uh, the spooky ookiness is off the chain. That's all. Bye. Also, if you couldn't tell, I'm typing this before heading into work. So,
2: <laughs> it's all so for anyone who bus, doesn't know, sing, of, sing the chorus for us. I don't want to be
1: buried
2: in the pet cemetery
1: <laughs> i don't want to live my
2: life again <laughs> i have never thought to go look for a cover of it so i'm gonna definitely have to check that me out.
1: either yeah no i like you know i'm a punk i love the ramones uh even though really every ramones song is almost the same song just with different lyrics is the joke but Uh, Pet Cemetery does indeed rock.
2: Okay, and I love, love, love covers. If you know me, you know that. Mm -hmm. And I want to come back to covers later in our conversation. So remind me if I don't do it, okay? Okay. Ethan, thank you for writing. All right, next up, we have a telegram from uh, the goth botanist herself, Lauren, who writes, I love that MJ just yesterday was like, Hey, we need to watch this movie I heard about called Sasquatch Sunset. Today, after the episode, I asked him if he knew what it was about. No. And then there's the crying, laughing emoji. And Lauren continues. I watched Body Bags last night. While I distinctly remember seeing the VHS cover in the video store, I don't think I had ever seen it. What a cast. I wouldn't have appreciated the cameos at the time. Also, I would have been 10 or 11, so definitely no clue. Just three classic short stories delivered up Tales from the Crypt style. Makes me want to break out the entire Tales from the Crypt discography. Thank you, Lauren. And I honestly don't remember body bags. I definitely have seen it. It's John Mm -hmm. Carpenter, right? Or is it like a bunch of different directors? It's
1: it's um it's John Carpenter and Toby Hooper together.
2: Got it. Yeah. And then Larry Sulkis, it says as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was a
1: Yeah. I don't know if he actually did he get credited though? I can't remember. It shows
2: directors and it shows the three of them. It was that's just on IMDb. So, okay.
1: Yeah. It was supposed to be like, oh, you're right.
2: It just says John Carpenter and Toby Hooper on the VHS, but on IMDb, it shows all three. I think there was some kind of story behind that, if I remember, where like that guy was
1: supposed to be involved more heavily, but he like didn't do enough to get credited per the like the director's guild or something like that. Because uh, this was supposed to be like a big anthology film with a bunch of different directors, and then stuff started falling through. So like John Carpenter had to direct like the bulk of it, I think.
2: Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. The only
1: the only thing I remember about it, and I want to make sure this is the movie, um, was Mark Hamill had a segment
2: uh sam raimi's in it sheena easton that's wild toby hooper robert carradine yes
1: okay he is he's in the segment i has mark hamill so that's the one i vaguely remember from when i was a kid okay (laughs) and that's i remember i think i caught part of this movie on like uh cable or you know hbo or something as a kid and i remember bits and pieces of it haven't seen it since
2: all right. Well, we may just have to check it out. I mean, we probably should early nineties. I would have been like 14 when it came out. Yeah. I definitely think I rented it, but I don't love the cover. Like it looks like a troll cover. Yeah. I mean, a troll sequel.
1: Yeah. And uh, like, I'm pretty sure it has nothing cover. to do with the movie sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Right. I, I don't, don't, I don't love think that.
1: that's, I don't think that's in the movie, if I remember correctly.
2: Yeah. It does not look good. But thank you so much for writing in, Alaren. Absolutely. And Sasquatch Sunset. I know you're excited for that. Uh, I
1: can't wait. All right. uh, Moving on from uh, Brett, recent uh, guest on the show, in fact. Yes, Brett, wait. Uh, We love you, Brett. And Brett writes, Hello, my friends. Just want to first give a shout out to 30 Days of Night as one of my all time fave vampire movies. I know you guys talked about the comics. But I think the illiterator, illiterator? Oh, I think illustrator. I think it it must have auto-corrected something weird. Illustrator Ben Templesmith, who designed the aesthetics, is also my all-time fave artist. Also, as mentioned before, my wife is a SAG actor, so she gets all the uh, screeners of movies and shows. Uh, One she's been wanting to watch is Poor Things, which I never really wanted to until I heard you guys talking about it being based on Frankenstein and could be a a horror film. That piqued my curiosity, and I have... Sorry. (laughs) That piqued my curiosity to watch it. Uh, In a nutshell, it's Emma Stone starring as Simple Jack in a softcore porn, and she's nominated for an Oscar.
2: What's Simple Jack?
1: That is the... uh... Fake movie uh that um uh ben stiller was in in tropic thunder oh i've never seen that which is you know making fun of actors portraying like uh uh characters with like learning disabilities and things like oh okay yeah so it's very unkind in that movie because they're mm-hmm. really laying into that sort of thing but that's simple jack Uh but anyway, Brett continues way out of the realm of horror. And one I wouldn't recommend unless that's your thing. Uh, and speaking of movies, I wouldn't rec- recommend I. Sorry. And speaking of movies, I wouldn't recommend. Sorry, the punctuation and stuff is throwing me off in these. I finally saw Skinamarink. Mm. First two minutes, I thought it was brilliant. After 10 minutes, I couldn't think anymore and couldn't watch it. I, I did what me and Jeremy used to do in the old days and just watched the last 10 minutes hoping for an exciting climax. I was disappointed. If this movie was a five-minute uh, experimental short film, it would have been great. One show I've been liking is the new True Detective. So far, it's the perfect uh, blend of true crime and aliens or ghosts. Hope it stays mm. good. Much love to you both.
2: Scream you later. Oh, scream you later! Oh, I love that. I like
1: that. And that is what we used to do if we thought a movie was shit. We would just be like, fast forward to the end and let's
2: see if anything exciting happens. Uh, That's fun, yeah.
1: Yeah, we did that with more than a few, just like horrible like video rentals and stuff. So
2: I feel like I know people who've done that with books. Like they'll read the end of a book bu- that, and that just seems so crazy.
1: Yeah, that seems weird. A movie, I'm like, well, we can like fast forward and see if anything exciting happens. <laughs> that's yeah, what we're like watching it at least. So, um, but yeah, Skinnamarink. I'm glad Brett's on our side with that. one. Oh God, I know. And poor things. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing is that it's kind of divisive
2: oh i think it is for sure plus and it's I, been getting all this like press and stuff and oscars and like yeah he, i mean granted the favorite did as well which i was a big fan of the favorite it's a little more i think accessible than some of the others but still gets fucking weird yeah uh but really just weird at the end and you didn't see that right the favorite no, i
1: haven't i really wanted to um yeah
2: it's really good yeah. uh but yeah so but i'm excited i still just need to need to yeah,
1: it yeah i still want to see it and it's because going in like you or i are a little more familiar with yorgos um the director and he is definitely a provocateur uh he like he's looking to make people have visceral reactions to his movies so uh i think that's part of what's going on with poor things is people are not
2: ready for this you know greek maniac that he is to just be pushing buttons and stuff and i know a lot of people who've taken their teenagers who like love emma stone and you know oh to see that or whatever and then there's like all this nudity and sex yeah and they're kind of (laughs) like yeah that's your ghost for you (laughs) yep well thank you brett Yeah. All right, now we have a telegram from uh, my dear friend Joey, friend of the podcast, and also co-host of Only Slightly Opinionated. They are in their second season. Go check it the fuck out. I've been listening a
1: little bit, so. Oh, it's so good. It's so good.
2: Joey writes, OMG, I loved the woman. I squealed when you mentioned it. Did you know there is both a prequel and a sequel? The prequel is called Offspring, and the sequel is called Darlin'. Neither one is very good, but I'm a completist. Also, Dead Set is one of the best zombie series out there. I loved it so much. Did you know they made an American version? It's actually called Reality Z. It's actually Brazilian, he says later. Um, and it's available on Netflix, so Reality Z. I also enjoyed it quite a bit. Also, tell Jeremy that Rambach, I believe is how you say it, Berlin and. Un- Rambach, Berlin Undead, and Berlin Syndrome, starring the sexy Max or Reimlet, are both good Berlin horror movies. And I love your idea about the sequester house. One of the contestants who got booted decides to get revenge on all the other contestants. Or maybe there is something more sinister at play. The calls are coming from within the sequester house, lol. Or it's just a haunted sequester house. Either way, get started on that script. And finally, did you know that I was in a movie with Ted Raimi, Lunatics, A Love Story? Okay, I was an extra, but still. It was Ted Raimi and Deborah Foreman from April Fool's Day and Valley Girl fame. And it was filmed in Pontiac. You only see me for a short time, but I'm there, goddammit. I'm there. And Bruce Campbell was in it too, but I never met him. By the way, both Ted and Debbie, that's what I call her, were super friendly. I was like 18 and working at the Gap at Oakland Mall, and she came to visit me with her mom. It was so sweet. Oh, oh, oh. And the movie Crime Wave is written by the Coen brothers and directed by Sam Raimi. Oh, 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 oh. And Blood Simple by the Coen brothers would be, in my opinion, the closest to horror they've done. But I think they enjoy sticking to dark comedy thrillers. Well, that's my story. Love you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Joey. And yes, I thought of... Um, Blood Simple. After we did that episode, I did too. I was like, <laughs> "Shit!" And then there's Blood Simple, which I've which, never seen. You have to give it to me sometime. Yeah, and I because I, I think about Blood Simple
1: strictly as a neo noir. Um, but like so often, it, like it's funny that neo noir is a distinct subgenre from film noir itself. Uh, but neo noir seems to be closer. To, like, horror than, like, old film noirs were, so... Yeah. Um, and this is me getting real film scholarly, too, because film... film <laughs> I
2: film love noir, when you get that way, it's so hot.
1: <laughs> You're the <laughs> only person to say that, I think. Because uh, film noir specifically is, like, a time period. That's what's interesting, I think, as a Like genre. Mildred
2: Pierce and what, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, like the cutoff is like the early 50s. Anything after is not a true film noir. Like, it's weird that it's a genre that scholars have assigned a time period to. Because um, then they call it neo-noir after that. Everything is called a neo-noir. Okay. Yeah, it's
2: strange. Yeah, I definitely want to see Blood Simple. It's like the cover is like the shades being pulled down, and like a woman behind, like
1: yes, I think in her that's, bra. I think that that's Blood one. Of, I think that's one of them. Okay, because uh, there's another one that's, um, uh, it's like a you see somebody's like feet on the ground, like in a very you know
2: evocative as if they're laying there, and I think oh yeah, that's yeah. I'm thinking of something else. Okay. Cause okay. yeah, but now that I pulled it up, that I recognize that cover too, with like the feet down below. But what is that? There's a a poster with like really the shades being pulled good down. Too. That's the Criterion. Here, box. oh sorry, if you can see it, bring it this way just a little bit, Do just because I was stuffing it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, it's a guy crawling on the ground in front of a car, and it's like yeah, there's some really good evocative imagery for that movie.
2: Wait, what is that um Brian De Palma film we watched? Oh, body uh, double. I think that's the poster I'm thinking. Yeah, of. you're
1: thinking of the body double poster. Yes, you are. Right,
2: isn't that what it looks like? Yes. There's a woman yep. like changing yep, yep, yep. and
1: somebody looking through the blinds. Yep, I was getting yep.
2: um mixed up. Yep, body double. But I, yeah. I think those posters go very nicely together. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah I gotta see Blood Simple. Yep. And I is gotta watch Frances McDormand in it? No, yes. she can't be. Yeah. Is she?
0: Yeah. Oh, cool. I think.
1: Let me double check. I can look at it right now. Yeah, Frances McDormand. Yep. Oh fuck. God yeah, I love no. her. She's been, you know, I mean, they were like whichever Cohen she's married to, I can't remember. They've been like an item for a very long time, so.
2: Okay. I do want them to make um a sequel to Oh Brother called Oh Sister, there you are. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> love it. Let's do it. Let's pitch it. <laughs>
1: uh, (laughs) I mean, they let uh, the Coens let uh, John Turturro write, direct, and star in a movie spinoff as his character, the Jesus from The Big Lebowski. So I think they'd be open to uh, sure. Why not weird spinoffs of their movies? Yeah,
2: but yeah, if you are if this is your first episode, we did talk about the woman a little bit the last episode. I did know that there was a prequel and a sequel, but I didn't remember what either one of them were called. Quite, no one ever talks about offspring. And when Darlin came out, no one re- it didn't really make no. any sort of like the woman is the one that made an impact yes. in like the-, the trilogy, which is so weird. The middle one.
1: And Darlin was like a weird little passion project of uh, Pollyanna McIntosh, who played mm. the woman because mm-hmm. uh, she wrote and directed Darlin. So, okay. Because uh, she was, you know, th- they came out of her uh, attachment because she-, she really in- liked playing the woman. Uh, in that movie, and always wanted to do more with it, so she ended up making her own sequel. So,
2: and then we were talking about the Coen Brothers because they have a horror movie coming out, and you had mentioned that there was this movie that they did with like Sam Raimi. Yeah, and that's where. So Joey was chiming in on all those combos. Yeah, and so glad it's always so yeah, good to hear love from it. Joey. Love it, love it, love him. So if you want to write to us, scaring sharing at gmail dot com, or follow us on Insta. Slide into our DMs. Scaring a sharing. All one word. Just one. One of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Send more paramedics, is what I was going for <laughs> there, I guess. Uh, one last thing I wanted to say. This week on um Cine-Nurdle, No, wait, not Cine-Nurdle. I do Cineneerdal. I also do framed, where they show you frames yeah. of a movie and you get like six chances. Yeah. And the other, do you do it every day? I can't remember. I did
1: I did today is framed. Well, today's it.
2: framed, I got it on the first one, but I think it was I yesterday's. got it in one too. Did you do yesterday's? No, I don't remember. Because I was shocked to know, like, it popped up and I was like, I think I know what this is. It was Brighter Frankenstein.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Yesterday's. Was I think Brighter that was yesterday.
2: And I got it on that first frame. Like, I don't, I've only wow. seen that movie fucking once.
1: I can't believe. Yeah. I, it took me two or three, I think. Really? I don't before. know how
2: on that first one, but I was shocked. Oh, no. I was like, is this Brighter Frankenstein?
1: I got it in two because on the first one, I said Frankenstein. I thought. Ah. first and then on the second i got it on bride of frankenstein but today's i gotten one and it is very appropriate for the movie we
2: saw yep yep it definitely can tie in good old heather so yep. Uh, anything else you want to talk about Jeremy? no i think that's it all right well let's dive into our film so we went to see a new release we were gonna there was a scream unseen this week which normally the scream unseen comes out a couple weeks before Mm -hmm. but this week's it was uh The the movie that comes out tomorrow, or if you're listening on Friday, the day of today. And that is Lisa Frankenstein Frankenstein. Frankenstein. And this is directed by Robin Williams' daughter, Zelda Williams.
1: Yes, in her feature-length debut, I suppose.
2: And uh, written by Diablo Cody. And the tagline on Letterboxd is, If you can't meet your perfect boyfriend, make him. And the description is in 1989, a misunderstood teenager has a high school crush who just happens to be a handsome corpse. After a set of playfully horrific circumstances bring him back to life, the two embark on a murderous journey to find love, happiness, and a few missing body parts along the way. Hmm. So, Jeremy, yeah. the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. <laughs> yes. What did you think of Lisa Frankenstein?
1: Uh, I thought it was. Mostly cute. And, uh, you know, that's really it. There was something, like, I i really wanted to like it. Like, the vibe it was throwing down is, like, totally my thing. The gothy 80s thing going on. Uh, but there just felt like there was something missing to really put me over the top. So it was... Okay, but not the not as great. And I was going to say, boy, was it ever written by Diablo Cody for whatever that means to you, but, you know, you cannot. That style is so distinct,
2: so. It sure the fuck is. My husband hates her, hates Juno. And when he used to talk about Juno, he'd be like, oh, look at me, I'm so quirky, I have a hamburger phone. And I couldn't help but think of that in this movie when there is a sneaker phone. Yes. A sneaker, bone. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I hated this movie. I, <laughs> the only thing I liked about it was the style, but even that got a little annoying at times. Mm-hmm. Like it had a great look. I loved the colors. It takes place in '89, like the description said. So it leans really into that. It really feels more mid '80s, though. Yeah. Like, the only time I knew it was 89 was when they talked about Look Who's Talking, because I knew that had to have come out late 80s, because I remember that, and I don't remember much from the mid-80s. But Mm -hmm. I think their style much more looks like Heather's, Mm -hmm. right? Which has to be, like, 87. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Definitely 80. You know what? It was 89, so I'm eating my fucking words Words. right now, because it did look like Heather's. Oh, yeah. So I'm wrong. It does the vibe of 89.
1: It looks like Heather's, but also at the same time, it also looks like Edward Scissorhands. So
2: it does. And that's the thing. It feels like Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. Heather's, and Juno had a really ugly little neon baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Which, what it fucking feels like.
1: Yeah. It, uh, that's the main thing I kept thinking too was when I was a teenager. Edward Scissorhands and Heathers were, like, my two favorite movies ever. Uh, And all I could keep thinking is, like, God, I would rather be watching those movies right now because those are both awesome movies. Yeah. And then it made me, like, this whole time I'm sitting in the theater watching Lisa Frankenstein, I'm trying to figure out, like, but what do those movies have, Uh, you know, a plot that made sense, I guess? This felt really rushed. I felt like there was actually scenes cut out early in. Did I mean, that same sensation. Yes,
2: like from the get go. Like it starts with this really awesome opening credits, like with this cool mm-hmm. animation that's like a really nice style. Like it's very stylistic. But even in that, as cool as it looked, I was confused in the story it was telling. Mm-hmm. Like there's this guy who's in love with this girl, but then I don't know what's. Ha- He's playing the piano and she's blowing. The the bassist, the bass player, whatever the fuck you call him, the guy with the bass guitar, mm-hmm. they, right? Is that right? The, the bassoon, whatever the fuck it was. Something yeah. Extreme. He's like blowing him kisses, and then you net the next thing you know, the main guy's dead. Like I was so confused uh-huh. in that story, even because I'm like, it should be a very simple story. You're telling us, I get a boy meets girl, but yeah. what the fuck happens that the boy dies? Mm-hmm. And then it just, there's all these chunks of the movie that I'm just confused on what the fuck is going on. Like, mm-hmm. how are we here? What does this mean? Like the end in particular, when we get to the end, I'm like, how did we get here? Yeah, Like, what, it- why, would, why, why are these decisions being made right now? Was his name Frankenstein? And or- that's the thing, you never really knew his name. It just ended with Stein.
1: Stein. And she like filled it in as Frankenstein. I don't know.
2: Yeah, and it's like, I know the better version of this movie, and that is May, starring Angela Bettis. Oh, I it. It is quirky, I... it's not silly, yeah. it is quirky, but it is fucking good. Yeah, I
1: literally just saw one of the top-rated Letterboxd reviews of this movie, references May, and talks Really? About... I haven't
2: gone in there yet, like, yep. to look at any reviews like I normally do yet, I just haven't yeah. had a chance, because what did it say?
1: I can't remember, but it says something about like it, it, it like channels a May vibe, but he references May as being a better movie.
2: It's funny oh, that you so say much that. better. Yep. But here's the thing. I also like I don't hate Diablo Cody as much as my husband does. I didn't hate Juno. I thought Juno was fine, but a movie that lots of people love that I am not a fan of is Jennifer's Body. Mm-hmm. And I know like it sort of came out and was not a hit. And I didn't like it when it came out. I think I didn't see it in the theater. Joe got me like the DVD or the Blu ray or something. And then I rewatched it like a couple years ago. And I was like, I still don't like this movie. Mm -hmm. But this, it's like if you like Diablo Cody, I also tried to watch the United States of Terra and could not get into that either. I maybe watched one episode. she She just has a style and it just feels a little too. And it's exactly what my husband would say. Like, look at me. Look how clever I am.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look that's co- Look how
2: quirky I am.
1: It feels like there's a go for broke. I have to throw in every uh, old movie reference. Like this one was loaded with, you know, the set dressing was all Universal Monsters posters on her bedroom walls. She's talking about uh, GW Pabst as her favorite movie director, which is like. I don't know, that was just that that's clearly a film nerd show-off sort of line than anything. Cause it's like Paps didn't even direct any horror movies though. So like it feels weird that you're referencing him other than he's more obscure than FW Murnau or something like that to a modern uh audience. So I get it. It's like,
2: look how smart and clever I am. And I've not seen it, but I know teacher Drew has talked about warm bodies, and I want to see it because I feel like it's sort of what this movie is yeah which it's like it's not the an original <laughs> yeah it's not like an original it's like a teen version of taking an old horror trope and like making it sort of ooh, we're relevant to teenagers Is sort of like what this is doing what warm bodies has done there's other movies like that um Catherine newton who was also in like freaky and like some other horror things like what the fuck else was she in um Big Little Lies, which I really liked her, and that uh, I think maybe Freakies was the other big horror one, right? But she, I kept thinking of Catherine Isabel, like, she they have a similar sort of thing, yeah. Which, like, I kept thinking Catherine Isabel would have been in this movie back when yes. she was a teenager, like, yep. this would have been her 20 um, years ago,
1: she would have done this
2: movie 100%. And here's the thing I feel like if this movie had been done by someone else, like, I could have liked it. But mm-hmm. it just, it just tried to be. It so feels
1: heavily like as teacher drew I says, this is a rough draft. That's absolutely what this movie is like. This is the rough draft. Yeah. Yeah. Because it needed to be rewrit. Um, I felt like getting to him coming back to life. Also, sorry, guys, spoilers, I guess we're just, I like how when it's a movie we're mid about, we just launch into it. Um, But we've been uh, pretty vague up until now. Yeah, yeah. Truly, truly. So spoilers now a little bit, but, uh, you know, like him coming back to life, uh, it just kind of happens.
2: That's not Uh, even a spoiler, though. I mean, it's the crux of the movie. Well, yeah, it's the crux if you've seen the
1: trailer, but yeah. But it doesn't really explain. It. It's just lightning storm, boom. The graveyard is struck. I know, and, then, and that's
2: the other thing, like just how it all comes about. So there's this weird rookie girl, very rushed, who, yeah, who is in love, like goes to this graveyard because she's like quirky to hang in the and the gothy. Yep, she's not really gothy yet. She just is weird, yep. and 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 then somehow, like in a very like confusing way, the zombie or the guy comes back to life and. Mm-hmm knows where she is and follows her <sighs> yeah, to get
1: to that point. Just felt very rushed. Um, I mean, props for throwing in a, she's watching day Romero's day of the dead on uh TV, which is like the one amazing gag. <laughs> and then the zombie shows up. Um, but somewhere in there, like I literally felt like there's a scene cut or something. Uh, cause it just didn't make sense to me spatially, uh, like within the, you know the way the movie was setting it up because she's like attacked by him. He's covered in dirt
2: or something. Yeah, and all and of a sudden in- he has a head, a face.
1: Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like she goes back inside. I'm gonna call the police, but he's already in the house somehow. Even though we literally just saw him on in the, the yard. sneaker phone. Yeah, exactly. And he's all yeah. It felt like a chunk was cut out right there. Um, that they just skipped ahead real fast, and you're like, what is happening right now?
2: And the zombie is played by. Cole Sprouse, who was like a Disney kid, right? Like he and his brother were in some shit.
1: Sure, I don't know him, so
2: okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's his claim to fame is that he and he's entitled. He's titled the creature in this. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, he was in like Big Daddy, um, uh, some other shit. um, Oh, okay. Yeah, the sweet life of Zach and Cody. That's okay.
1: I do know who he is then.
2: Yep. So he and his brother were little little stars back in the day. Yeah. And God. And so, like, as a zombie, like all of his parts don't work. He doesn't have ears. And also, like, how does he like not have ears? But he does have like the majority of the rest of his body. Like, you've been dead since like 1837 or whatever. Like, this does not make any sense why you're not just a skeleton
1: yeah like why are you missing your hand I guess he's missing his dick you know like none
2: of this is explained no it's just so Ugh. yeah there's just so much it doesn't make sense and then it sort of turns into Heathers because they like to get him body parts they start offing people who've done her wrong the guy who sexually harassed her or la- sexually assaulted her at a party and yep. her stepmom Carla horrible step-mom. how do yep. you say her name I, Gugino? I, sure, yeah. Gugino? That's I yeah, I fucking love her. But she yeah. just, everyone in this is like dialed up to 15, you know? Yes. And it's like, hey, wait, this lever only goes to 10. What's happening? Here? Yeah,
1: and it's all, yeah, and it's very, like, every character is just very arch. Uh, and it's like,
2: yeah. And I can like a stylized film. I can. I can like a campy There's just something about some of them That just feels like you're going too hard Yeah, and this one, something was missing It
1: didn't feel natural And I think that's exactly what that Feeling I had the whole time is. It was so obviously drawing from other movies That I really enjoy As we said, like Beetlejuice Edward Scissorhands, uh, Heathers And I just kept thinking about those And how natural those worlds feel When you watch those movies And then that this one felt force because it was making me think about these other movies instead of just, you know, living in the uh, narrative they were making. So
2: and I looked up Zelda Williams. I did not know it was Robin Williams' daughter until like on my drive home when I was like listening to like a little interview, mm-hmm. but she's mostly known for directing JoJo videos. JoJo of like Leave Get Out mm-hmm. and um I can't remember. I I do love JoJo though. Like I love old school JoJo, so I was like kind of excited about that. And that brings me to the covers. So in this movie, there's like some really good '80s songs in there for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's a part where he is playing "I Can't Fight This Feeling" anymore on the piano, uh-huh. which I'm all for. Okay, like I I loved that. I didn't love it, but like I I liked the moment. But then she starts singing it, and a full orchestra comes in mm-hmm. to to. Accompany. You know, accompany her. And I'm like, this is so fucking annoying. Like, I loved him just playing the piano and her singing along this, like, ballady version of it. I can buy that cover in this. And then all of a sudden there's, like, three contemporary covers of 80s songs in here, including one from JoJo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) JoJo does I think I can't stop this feeling like later on there's like a cover playing over like a love scene or whatever and it's fucking JoJo I saw in the credits I'm like Mm -hmm. okay Zelda you're in love with JoJo I am too but like let's keep it to JoJo's like early 2000 songs Mm -hmm. but I just I don't like the like you have all these cool '80s songs you can pull from, which you're doing for a little bit, and like that's working for me. But uh-huh. then you start doing these contemporary covers of '80s songs over it, and I don't, I don't like, like that. that. Yeah, and I love uh, covers.
1: and that's why I agree with uh, the choice to use the original towards the end of the movie. Great needle drop in there was the Pixies' uh, "Wave of Mutilation," uh, which really needs to be in more horror movies, uh, which is funny because the only other one i can think of that it's in is there's a cover of wave of mutilation in sharknado 3 uh so <laughs> really <laughs> yep that's kind of fun uh but yeah no the fact that they used the pixies wave of mutilation one of my favorite bands uh as a teenager and probably one of my favorite alternative rock songs of all time so uh it's pretty cool that that was in there so that's that kept me happy towards the end for a minute and i was like oh good song choice
2: and because everyone out there is probably like, duh, you losers, like Cole, Cole Sprouse also was the son in friends, mm-hmm. Ross Keller's son. Yeah. And I think probably most popular for playing Jughead in Riverdale. Okay. So that's like what he's his most contemporary thing. on, um, you know, so yeah. But God, yeah. And here's the thing: Heather's is very stylized. The Tim Burton movies, like we mentioned, because right, because Beetlejuice is also Tim Burton. Beetlejuice, yes. and Edward Scissorhands, yeah, both are. And here's the thing: if you hate Tim Burton, you're not going to like those movies. Mm-hmm. But like, also those worlds, like they do feel like he knows them, and we're living in them, and they're and everyone in it is very living in it.
1: Yeah, I think they're still authentic feeling enough. I guess like they're not they're stylized and weird. But it's not all the time. Like there's still, you know, very real seeming anchors to pull you in uh, into those worlds before it spins off into the
2: craziness. So now there's one thing about this movie that I did like. <laughs> there's one thing. What's the one thing you did like? I liked that her sister, um, her stepsister, because in the movie, um, Lisa, Catherine Newton's character. Her mom had died years earlier. I don't know. Someone came in to bring us nachos that we didn't order and I missed sort yeah, of what I, happened I to her mom. <laughs> I, me too. I was like, wait,
1: what are what, I was what like, were we they didn't order say? nachos?
2: <gasps> yeah. Um but Catherine Newton or rather Lisa's mom had died at one point and her dad remarried to Carla. Carla G. G, G no. we'll call her. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Carla G. To Carla G. And she is sort of not like an evil stepmom, but she's sort of your typical stepmom. But Taffy, played by Lisa Soberano, is like her stepsister, but like the opposite of how usually a stepsister is played. Yeah. She's like her friend. She's like the popular girl. And Lisa's like the weirdo kind of outcast. But Taffy is so nice to her and like looks yeah. out for her for the most part and is like on her side. And I I appreciated that felt like a breath of fresh air. And like sort of the typical story you see in these kinds of movies.
1: Yeah, I really like that. Because it was like, what do they call that? A blended family? Is that what that is, I think?
2: Yeah, I like like that.
1: I think that's the phrase for it. But like, yeah, usually that's done as some like big trauma. And like, there's a little bit of that here. But I like that they went out of the way, though, to make it seem like it's not a weird thing. And you are a family. Like that was a thing, too, is they actually talk to each other. As a family, whereas, you know, usually movies are all like, clearly they're never truly going to love and accept each other because they're not, you know, biologically related or whatever. I don't know. That seems to be the narrative that is pushed by mainstream uh, things about unusual or not unusual, but just different family units than, you know, what people expect. So,
2: But then there are other tropes in here that, like, that... Sort of feed into mm-hmm. all the other stuff that just kind of drove me nuts. Like, there is, she goes to a party and there's like this nerdy guy, like, she gets you know a little fucked up at one point accidentally. And then mm-hmm. there's a sort of nerdy guy that takes her back and like sexually assaults her. And it doesn't go to an extreme level, he still assaults her. Mm-hmm. But like, I was, I was like, surely that's not where we're gonna go here, right? Like, he's going to like nerd out and try to make her watch some movie that he loves because he's like a movie lover yeah like it's gonna do something more interesting than oh i'm I'm a a girl's at a party she gets messed up and a guy's gonna take advantage of her when she doesn't want that and that's where we go it doesn't go to an extreme level because this is pg-13 uh you know but but still i was like really this is what we're gonna do
1: yeah i i thought i was kind of jarred by it too so um and i don't know uh, yeah yeah. It just, so
2: it just overall like i'm like okay there's some there's some talent here right like i don't yeah. think that it's not made by someone talented but it really i the whole time i was like oh my god i know this is an hour and 40 minutes and i wish it was over now
1: yeah it, it feels like a freshman effort from you know a filmmaker like it, as opposed to uh even out of darkness uh, that we just saw where that felt like a shockingly more like a shockingly mature yeah. filmmaker, but it's that guy's first film. So here, it, this is the opposite, where it is like this very much feels like somebody's first feature film. So. And
2: here's the thing. These are both coming out this weekend, right? Like we yeah. saw Out of Darkness a week early. But I think these are both coming out this weekend. And yeah, the Frankenstein is going to completely outshine Out of Darkness, I'm sure.
1: Absolutely. And
2: it's just a bummer because I think this is the kind of film that should go straight to streaming, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah.
1: No, I thought this was going to be just like dumped onto Peacock or something the first time I saw it. It should have been. Yeah. And then, yeah, no, it's going to theaters. And I was like, but
2: it's probably going to make a decent amount. It's probably going to make its money back in the first weekend because Cole Sprouse, like if people love Riverdale, which there are a lot of them, Mm -hmm. I think he has that built in audience. And then it just has that stylized feel to it that I think can be sort of intriguing to people who lived through the 80s and loved Heathers and whatnot. But yeah, probably not a lot of people have seen it because it didn't actually air. But there's somewhere, and I can't remember where I watched it, but there was a Heather's TV show a few years ago, oh and it like the first ten episodes were made, and then I feel like there was maybe uh one of the many tragedies that happened at like you know a school where a bunch of people got killed um and I think that they pulled it, mm-hmm. and I watched like the first two or three episodes, and like this, it just pushed so hard to lean into the Weirdness. The weirdness, the quirkiness, whatever. And it's just like, oh my god, you're exhausting. And I don't know what where that that switch is where it works and it's fun mm-hmm. and where it gets annoying and aggravating.
1: I think it has to do with gosh. Like I feel like it needs to be more contained. Like you can have one or two quirky characters. But they can't all talk the same, because then it gets really boring, and I feel like that's kind of the case here, where, like, every character feels like a character written by Diablo Cody, so, uh, you know, there's no variation in, like, the style of characters, the voices of the characters.
2: But yeah, I will be interested to see how this movie does and how other people think of it. So if you're out there and you're going to see it this weekend, i want to know what you think of it, okay?
1: Right now it has like a 3.3 average on Letterboxd, which I would say is shockingly high uh, from what I saw. But that can all change because this is, you know, it's one of those things where each uh, ranking is in the hundreds. So uh, I think once it's in wide release, it'll drastically uh, change on there
2: yeah but i mean we're into february we're only a little over a month into yeah. 24 but already i have two movies for sure that are like buying. buying for the bottom of the year because they're so bad
1: that's what uh this uh chunk of the year is for just dumping
2: the crap. But not always that's the thing it hasn't been like that well totally those, like the
1: last couple of years those are surprises normally megan was a surprise. Uh, I don't know what everybody thought, but maybe people are smarter than me because Megan, I thought looked like hot garbage from the minute the first uh, trailer came out. Uh, and then it was actually pretty fun, so.
2: Yeah, and then I, I don't even want to get into it because it does go a little the spoilers, but there's a whole thing with a tanning bed, a whole yeah. bunch of things with the tanning bed, which made no sense to me. Like, I was confused by all of that.
1: Yeah, just weird. From pieces. the get-go
2: and yeah. then it just continued to get weirder. And then at one point there like a insect like when he's way later on in his process because he keeps yeah. becoming more and more human and all of a sudden like a centipede falls off of him. I'm like, I would have bought that like when you first came out of the ground, but why is that happening now? Yeah. What the what? fuck? I don't know. Yeah, there's there was just like just the look on my face. The almost the entire like the like from like 3 minutes and on the look on my face was like why could
1: I could feel your hatred <laughs> like I knew you were going to say you hated this
2: cuz I, I yeah I, I could think feel I it. slightly giggled once or twice maybe but for the I most was, part just could not
1: I was sitting there like the emperor in Star Wars just like let the hate flow through you feel <laughs> the power of the dark side yep but uh. Yeah, just listening to you talk has made me actually like this less. Oh, I thought you were going to say like it more. (laughs) No, no, it's made me like it less, actually. So, what Uh, are you doing? What are you doing to me?
2: All right, well, shall we?
1: Yeah, let's rate this sucker. (laughs)
2: All right, well, out of five electric, electrifying tanning beds. All right. How many do you give Lisa Frankenstein?
1: Well, initially I was going to give it a light three, but it feels more more honest and for continuity. I'm going to give it a solid two and a half.
2: Okay, I'm going to give it a one and a half tan okay. beds. One for style, which I like the mm-hmm. look of it and the neons and the costumes and such. And then a half a star for the interesting take on a stepsister. There you go. One and a half okay. So still a big fat solid You can Throw it on the slash
1: heap. Throw it on the slash heap Get ah. it out of here uh. Uh. And I was Yeah no I was gonna go And that's solely because like I Really felt this movie Trying to make me like it Like it had the ingredients uh, Of things that I really enjoy uh, But it just did not bring them together Satisfyingly
2: And I didn't go into it thinking I was going to hate it. Like, I thought, because I've sort of watched the trailers, because I'm like, Mm -hmm. this isn't like, I don't, this isn't one of those trailers where I don't want to be spoiled of the scares and things like I normally am with horror trailers. And I thought, oh, this looks kind of cute. Yeah. So like, I went into it, not with high hopes, but thinking I could like it. I didn't Mm -hmm. go into it like expecting to hate it.
1: Yeah. So that's like disappointing. Yeah yeah you know
2: um so yeah, yeah we'd love to hear it. from you <laughs> scaring a sharing at gmail.com or as i said before follow us on insta scaring a sharing all one word that's right and uh next week is my birthday episode so yeah i giving you um uh a themed mm-hmm. um Variation on a couple of films to watch that you've not seen before. Oh, and it's <laughs> so gonna so be, we'll be fun to watch those. Yeah, and everyone have a terrific weekend, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and write in, write in, please.
2: Yes, we love that. We love to talk to you. And remember to ask yourself, have you checked the children? <laughs> Till next time, guys. <laughs> it's coming. It's in the trees. <laughs> and keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by
0: Pinecast.